This is the Weird is the New Black Show. Episode 56, goodness gracious, 56 episodes down of the Weird is New Black show. And I'm here with one of my favorite guests, more than a friend. This guy's like a brother to me, like straight up family. I'm talking about my main man, Nas Kieda. Good old brother, a man of the universe, you know, a being of the stars. And we're here to discuss the future. The future. future. In future. the year 2000. Yes. <laughs> We yes. just we just dated, dated ourselves, ourselves crazy, bro. And if you know, you know. If you don't, God help you, yo. Shout out Conan O'Brien. Classic TV show, classic. One of my favorite. I think Conan O'Brien, as of right now, yeah, he may be my favorite late night talk yeah, show he's host. Hilarious. He has the juice. Everything, man, and him and uh, his chemistry with Jordan Slansky yeah. is like it's just fucking hilarious, yeah. bro. Yeah, serious. Yeah. So here's the thing, when I think of the future, yeah. now growing up, 80s baby, going into the 90s, the future meant like, it was either two things. It was like straight up dystopian, yeah. or you had like back to the future. And we thought by the year 2000, we would have flying cars. We would have, everything would be super, super like automated. Yeah. And we would be like, okay, wow, the future is here. Even when we, um, one of the craziest like scenarios for the future was like movie on um, Wally, the Disney flick. Yeah. How like he was a robot and the earth was just trashed, trash everywhere. Yeah. And he found a plant, he had to preserve it the entire time. Yeah. And he goes into this spaceship that left Earth for like what what been like thirty something odd years. Uh-huh. And all the human beings on the planet are just like mad fat, out of shape, made it's big because they're just used to being like, yo, robots take care of everything for us. And they, like they, it got so bad that they're so big that they they couldn't walk anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was just so like they were so complacent, yeah, stuck in one place. Yeah. So for me, and I'm sitting here thinking about the future. Yeah. What is it going to be like for us? And I realized that the future can only be the future if we make the right moves. I say right, you know, in air quotes, because that word can be, you know, interpreted yeah. in various ways. Totally. The future can only be the future if you make the present worthy in the time that we're in. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that I, you know, I wanted to discuss today. So the first topic I want to ask, you know, is about the word future. And I don't mean the guy from Atlanta. Yeah. I'm talking about the future. Yeah. So my friend, tell me what the future means to you. Well, I just want to dial back a, like a couple clicks because you mentioned Wally, a, a film, and I think the way that we understand how to create futures in this society and this culture is primarily via storytelling, right? Which is essentially movies. So one of the things, one of my one of my good colleagues, one of my homies, brought something up. I forget who it is. Forgive me, fellas, but shout out my scallywags. Um, somebody said a couple weeks ago, do you realize that you remember in the beginning of Akira when it opens 
it takes place in 2019. Side note, I watched it last night. Right. Facts. Right. That's crazy. It takes place in 2019. So, like, the future, I think, for us, and I think perhaps without being too judgmental, we think of it in a fallacious way. So we think of the future as this time out ahead of us that we have to reach, not that kind of, to your point, we're creating it every day, right? Uh, You're in the future right now. We're in the future. We're in the future. We're in the future. The seconds are counting down. We're we're in the future. We're Mm -hmm. still in the future. So like, yeah, it's, it's something that we have a, I was listening to a really good, a really good, um, a really good mix the other day, and one of the quotes in the it's a it's a sample, it's house music or whatever, it's something like that, electronic music. And the sample goes, it's talking about breathing as something that both you are doing and something that happens to you, right? Mm. Right. Yeah. So what? So so the connection there is that you're not. A hundred percent in control of the fact that you draw breath. Same, same with the future. Like, time is something that is present right now, and that we are constantly experiencing in a forward way, in a forward progression. Like, I do a lot of deal with a lot of ideas of like both and thinking, <laughs> and both and thinking really means that you know you don't things don't. I think we've talked about this before. Things don't have to be zero sum that the answer to a, to an either or question can be yes. So I think that's the future. And we're seeing that now, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of that that potentiality now. Like are you male or female? Yes. No, you know? And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So I when I think about the future, I think about multiplicity. I think about um infinite possibilities, you know? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite new things um, is the idea, and it's not really a, a new idea or a new thing particularly. And when I say that, I mean in my own world and in um, in the world in the in in the general sense. But in my world, it, I've recently developed or come across the language to express it. But it's uh, infinite use from finite means, right? That's the future, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about the, the thing that, the concept that I like about the future and I've been dealing with personally is that like, kind of like I was getting at, it's happening at the same, like we're in, a, we're in the future now. One, another thing I like is this idea that like, everything is happening at the same time. It's just on different timelines, i.e. different dimensions. I was just talking mm-hmm. to somebody about this as well, that like perhaps the future isn't that something out ahead and beyond us, but something that is on an alternate timeline that we just need to sync up with, right? So imagine that like I mean this gets at a lot of things like um I don't know if people who've who are familiar with this have ever read uh a book by Voltaire. It's called Candide. And Candide um is basically a sort of coming of age tale. Um, it's allegory, um, but it's about a young man who, like you know, wants to marry this young woman and yada yada yada, blah blah blah. You know this story basically. Mm-hmm. But um, 
one of the refrains in the book is, you know, in the best of all possible universes. So the idea is that perhaps there are other possible universes and perhaps there's a universe where, you know, you're doing this thing you're doing in five years. There's a, also a universe where you're still 14, you know, mm. and this is the same for every human being on the planet. You know, the, the idea of like, I think they were, I was just listening to something, I think it's called the multiverse, right? Not, I was going to say megaverse, but the multiverse, the mm -hmm. idea that like, uh, and I guess it's like quantums and string theory and all that crazy shit. But mm -hmm. like, you know, if you imagine your universe as like a single bubble that you blew from like uh, little, the little thing. Bubble thing, yeah. Bubble yep. Show that they give little kids. But you imagine that like, the multiverse is a cluster of these bubbles, an infinite cluster of these bubbles. Mm -hmm. And they're infinite. You know, the universe expands infinitely. We there's there's just so much that we don't know. And I think the future is less about figuring that shit out mm -hmm. and more about us coming to terms with the fact that we're not meant to know a lot of things. I think I think it's probably been one of my biggest problems in this life because you know you have the idea of trying to control what you can't control. Mm-hmm. And we see the future and we're like, okay, cool. We have the idea, okay, cool. Like, you want to make sure that everything that you do is something that's productive enough so that the next step, whatever you're taking, is like, is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, I think that's one of the things I, I always worry about. Like, man, like today, like, what am I doing today that's going to guarantee that years from now that, I won't be suffering in some way or some form. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I'm, I I agree with that. I'm, but I guess I'm, I've come to a point, I was telling my mother this the other day, I said, um, I was telling her, I'm, I'm in a point of, I'm at a point of very intense growth and it's emotional and it's spiritual and it's mental. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people can't see it. It's not detectable. Um, and so they, it's difficult. People don't know exactly how to take it or uh, why a certain thing might come out of my mouth now as mm -hmm. opposed to earlier. And it's, look, because I've, I've become a different person. I'm a different person every day. Mm -hmm. We're all different people every day. Right. It's just to what extent do we recognize it and, and acknowledge it and know it? Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but no, I, I do agree with that we are different people every day. Uh, the person that I was, the mind frame that I had, things that I learned on Friday have, may have shifted yesterday. Right. The behaviors that I had, um, ideas that I once had, could change due to like the stimuli that I may encounter on a Saturday morning yeah. or a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know if this is where, if you may agree on this or not, but I feel like we as human beings, like you said, we don't acknowledge that enough, mm -hmm. where someone can make a mistake on a Friday and you also think that they're that same way on that Monday. Mm -hmm. When people can have moments of like spurts of evolution, just like that, and mm -hmm. you never know. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's, that's, that's about growth. Yeah. And growth, I don't know. Growth is something that I am trying to understand on a level that, I don't know, I feel like, I understand we all don't grow the same, yeah. right? 
But it's funny how I feel like we're all like plants in the garden and we all get receive the same amount of sunlight, same amount of water, and we get all the same nutrients. Hmm. But some of us grow more than others. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would I would only counter that with you know, just in keeping with the plants in the garden thing. Some plants are in the shade, some plants maybe don't get as much water. Some mm-hmm. plants may have uh, bugs on them or ticks or whatever, you know, some plants. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is just that we're, we're individual and have individual psychic and emotional and physiological needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and also live in a culture wherein um, reflection isn't, isn't, prioritized introspection isn't isn't valued because when you start to look inside when you start to look inner inwardly um and begin to change yourself i think that's perhaps the most um the most intentional and expeditious way to to really change the world Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like it because you're you're working on self but like, I think again, one of those things that people don't acknowledge, perhaps, is um, like I said with the idea of like drawing breath, that you're both doing it and it is happening to you. Mm-hmm. So the happening to you indicates that perhaps you're a part of something much larger. And no, it doesn't just indicate it; it proves it. It points to it. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute proof that you are part of something much larger because for as much as you would try, you can't stop yourself from breathing. I mean, unless you want to die. Right. 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 So how does that work? Right. Yeah. Of course it's human physiology, but like, where's the motor? Mm. Mm-hmm. There's something else there and this, and it's not about picking it out and naming it. Um, me and my buddy are, we're talking about, Amiri Barakali says, you know, the hell of categorization or the hell of naming, naming things, naming things. And if you if you study certain people or ascribe to certain type of cultural studies, naming the act of naming something automatically separates it from. Right. So like you find that with like. People calling someone naming someone black 500 years ago, deciding that some certain people were categorized as black or deciding that certain people are women and certain people are men naming separates things from you so like one of the crazy things for me is always the 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 battle of the sexes that people are always having which is like built on this assumption that like men are men and women are inherently very different because they have somewhat different biological functions yeah okay right you know um most of the most of the issues that we've had in the modern world are built on are are created out of the the fraudulence of separation look at israel the conflict in palestine mm-hmm. like these people are these people are essentially brothers and sisters by now mm-hmm. right and they're just m- murdering each other um sri lanka Nepal, mm-hmm. it's all pe- you know people who are neighbors, who are cousins, whatever. India and Pakistan, loads of pla- loads of conflicts on the continent. 
I mean, and it's it's not about even racial difference. Like, you know, I was there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, mm-hmm. right now. And um, I was telling some people, you know, like I'm not really even that inclined to like um, ascribe to to the the kinship of like racial groups as well. I mm-hmm. think that's fictive. You know, we're not we don't all have the same values because like we're black people. Um, we don't all, we don't all value the same things, mm-hmm. you know, we're, this isn't monolithic here. So like, yeah, I, I see, I see the point in saying, oh yeah, buy black support this, do that. But also like, just because people look like you doesn't mean they have your best interest in mind. For as a quote that I heard people say, because there's, because there's skin folk with me and they're kin folk. Right. I just saw this with Tom, uh, Tommy Lauren, um, Speaking out against speaking out against the same people that she champions who have just signed this abortion bill, and she realized that that they pulled mm-hmm. out the, they pulled the floor out from under her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, no shit. Sorry, you know. So like, you can't always run to 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 representation to save you. Representation is not going to save anyone. And uh, and those are lessons. Those are hard lessons that people, but people like her, right? People, I guess, who sees things so they use rose-colored glasses, you know, come up because she's cause she's relatively like young. I think she, I think I have at least like a ten yeah, years on her. I think she's like twenty-seven or something. Yeah, she's maybe. still young, but she's yeah. you can tell she's been like conditioned, and conditioning is a motherfucker because everybody the things that they grow up on, you know what I'm saying, and it's been like pushed into their brains, and they think that this is how they have to be, yeah. and they go out and. They have this moment of like free thought and like, no, this is this is bad. I don't like this. And people who were supposedly there, you know, who were there to champion them yeah. are no longer there in the corner. Yeah. But I think those are the moments we have to realize like, listen, that you in order to really be an autonomous human being, you have to be free of the shackles of whatever was there in the first place. You have to stand alone and burn. Yeah. You have to burn all the bullshit away. And that's a constant process. Like, it's not, like, I always talk about that thing where people think, like, enlightenment is, like, a one, a one-time a one thing. You're, you're there and that's it. No, man, you always have to burn away the bullshit. Right. Um, and, I mean, that's, I mean, that's dependent on the degree to which you want to accept the bullshit. Like, there's, I'm sure there's, I've, I'm learning to burn away a lot of things. But, of course, there's still the stuff that I'm unwilling to part with. I still like Nikes. <laughs> right. You know? right. I say right. this all the time. But like, you know, like we have to put things in their proper places as well though. You mm-hmm. have to put things where they belong. You know, the thing I was gonna say about just generally about representation and all that stuff is like the same as materialism. You just have to be careful that you don't get trapped in that burning house. And that's the problem is that this world, a lot of this world is a burning house and people don't realize it or people are unwilling to realize it because really what what that means is questioning a lot of what you believe in, having to like make your floor shaky and people like security, people mm-hmm. like certainty. That's what anxiety is about. It's about an uncertain world, a perpetually mm-hmm. uncertain world. And I mean... Yo, it was it was hilarious. Like the other day, I just be, I just think I just be in my own world. You know, I'm in my own head. And mm-hmm. I don't 
people don't really understand that too high. But well, I'm sure some people do, but I don't know if, to the degree to which they do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, I was, I, I had this idea in my head. I was like, damn, how long have people been on Earth before there were actual like civilizations? Before like quote unquote civilization mm-hmm. got here, arrived, or you know, descended upon us from space? Right. Uh, kidding. Um, so I was Googling and I looked it up and it's like, bro, we've got like something like 200,000 years of unrecorded human, give or take of unrecorded human history. 200,000 years? Like 200, 200,000. Like people were, people were on earth scooting around on their bare ass in the jungle and in the desert and in the tundra and in the, in the ice and like living by their fucking wits. For two hundred thousand years, mm, that's that's wild, bro. So like, <laughs> and then think like think about how long. So just to put that in perspective again, like the last hundred, the the last thousand years of recorded history is what most people are probably fairly comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there's maybe like ten thousand years of of like BC time civilization before that, like you know ancient Egypt all the way back to like Fertile Crescent, Mesopotamia, all that shit. Mm -hmm. Then God knows what, but like, what does that mean for us? Like really, like what is that? Just the fact that like we've been here for, for this long and we're just not getting to the point that we're at. Like it took people, it took people something like a hundred thousand years to like start burying their dead and and doing ceremonies, like performing ritual. So like, I just wonder what that says about where we are now that we've gotten to this point of like feeling, feeling very godly about ourselves and about our accomplishments and, and really like a blink of an eye. A blink of a, like, like not even like, not even is it a fraction of like human history. It's mm-hmm. even an even tinier fraction of like the history of the universe. Mm-hmm. It is nothing. So like what you're yeah, saying yeah, right yeah, now yeah. is just, it could, could t- it's taking me so like, I have a lot of topics that's under the one I umbrella. I'm bugging out. I'm sorry. Uh, no, nah, it's, it's perfect because what you, what you just said reminds me of, so when I was a kid, I used to watch. Like, I was very, very big on Halloween cartoons. Yeah. And one of my favorite cartoons to watch was the Simpsons holiday specials. Yeah. Or Halloween specials. Yeah. So there was a moment when Lisa was doing a science fair project. And I think Bart, being being as Bart as Bart can be, did something crazy. Yeah. And, like, it fucked up her, her experiment. But she thought it did. So she had a tooth. And... Something happened to the tooth, and she was watching civilization grow uh, yep, yep. super fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they redid it again um, for a Netflix series yeah. like Love, Death, and Robots. Robots right. Yeah, so you had that, and you had a similar part when someone was like, wow, this universe is happening right in front of our eyes. It's growing yeah. so fast. Yeah. I look at, um, I look at our history as, you know, as far as America, yeah. the American history as far as what's considered American history. Because I feel like uh, pre-1619, when the first, you know, when the slave ship reached Jamestown, yeah. right? Well, from what history says, who knows yeah. what came beforehand, whatever. Like, American history pretty much started when 
you know, the Constitution was signed, or Declaration of Independence was signed. It's like, this is America now, Declaration of Independence. And so from 1776 and 1787, when the Constitution was written, that started, like, our history. Yeah. So for, like, for the past few hundred years, we've been under the rule of religion, because I feel like, or Christianity. I feel like Christianity was the foundation from what, for how our laws were, were made, how they were created, yeah. and how we tended to carry on and what we do. Like we don't have, they may say, separation of church and state, but the church is so ingrained inside this country's foundation that you can't escape it. Like, for example, um, so my big issue, I found myself changing. I never thought I would be like an activist one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always be like somebody with a voice and say, you know what? I'm against this, let me stand up for it and be out there protesting. I never thought I'd be one of those people mm-hmm. until what you mentioned earlier, um, what happened in Alabama with the anti-abortion stuff was pop- popping off. This isn't right. How not only are you violating women's rights, you're violating human rights. And then you're going on to the idea of, you know, you have 25 like white dudes down there who are calling the shots on what goes on with women. And then the governor, who was a woman herself, mm-hmm. signed off on it yeah. and said, you know, and she was a language like God's sacred um, gift. And it's like you have these things and you're like, okay, how long are we going to want to allow organized religion to have a foot? on the necks of how we choose to live our lives, on on the shots that we call, on the buttons that we push. Because you mentioned it earlier how like it took people 100,000 years to start burying their dead, mm-hmm. start carrying out these rituals. Mm-hmm. But like in 2019 where everything is out here, our information is out here, it's like why, why what is it that allows us to, to still to keep to being pushed around by archaic bullies? Yeah. Um... The funny thing is, I think the funny thing about separation of church and state, uh, boy, I should watch my what I have to say here, because, you know, my FBI agent may be listening. Um, my mom's too. <laughs> it doesn't really matter that there's a separation of church and state, because both state and church are the same instrument of control. Mm. So, like, it's one of those things. I, all right, I, I'm just going to say this. In this country, and this is my belief, I don't expect anyone else to believe this, but, you know, if you do, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Democracy is a fraud. It's it's an absolute lie. This country was never a democracy. Um, it's a fascist state that parades as a state that is something other than a fascist state, but it's a, it is a fascist state. It was, mm-hmm. it was born out of genocide and then made powerful out of uh, involuntary bondage. Um, not only made powerful, made the most powerful nation in the world by bondage. Um, it then proceeds to enact Jim Crow legislation. Um, women aren't allowed to vote until sometime last century. Mm. Uh, the people that it carried out a genocide against are still being, the, that genocide is ostensibly still being waged against them. Mm-hmm. And And the thing about it is, this affects all of us. It looks like it doesn't, but and see, humans are about human beings are about what's apparent. They don't like again. They don't like uncertainty. So the things that they can't see, the uncertain things, the things that can't be quantified uh, or measured, they have no time for. Right? But there's something to it. There's something to there's specifically 
Roland Bart has a Roland Bart is a uh, a visual philosopher, visual theorist has this idea of a punctum. A punctum is a thing that is uh, it's it's literally I think literally Latin for point, but it's the it is the thing that resonates right mm-hmm. that that you see or that you experience that hits you and you're like okay I get it right mm-hmm. and that's 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 the punctum of America is that America's built on surveillance and domination uh, but the thing about it is again if we look at history mm-hmm. it's always been that way you like this is this is where where what the human tendency is towards towards power you know mm-hmm. and we see it all the time time and time again in 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 movement spaces and wherever like there are some people that want to be free and there are some people that want to be free to oppress others which one are you that takes a decision mm-hmm. and that's where like i believe that personal work comes in right because right. fascist systems only beget more fascist and that's what this is and a lot of people don't realize that like despite their best interests, they have become what they hate. Stare into the abyss too long, you become the abyss. So, like, there's so much policing of folks going on and so much, like, I I keep talking this with various people, like, the like cancel culture. Where are we sending all these fucking people? Right. Where, like, what society are we creating if we we're creating a society of exiles because, like, they're not at the same place we are intellectually or emotionally? Yes. Because they don't have the same knowledge base. Like, it's become, honestly, like, a lot of stuff, I look at how things are neutralized. So, like, you know, we know about COINTELPRO, right? Yes. And now they've neutralized, Dave, I hate, I don't want to do that. But now we've learned to neutralize things by, like, commodifying them. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have a whole cottage industry of, like, social justice work and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, just, it, it, it's literally a cottage industry. And certain people have taken heat, come under pressure for, like, treating it as as that mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i'm i'm just questioning i'm i'm always questioning i'm always asking why and i i'm aware that probably gets tiring for a lot of people but you know what that's not my problem i i can't you know i i that may get tiring for you fine ignore it mm-hmm. continue as you were yeah. this is what i have to do right yeah i have to i have to honor the way in which i move through the world and only that like i used to i used to be really put off by like the idea of like putting number one first mm-hmm. but in the idea is that if you're doing if you're putting number one first in the right ways then you're still prioritizing everyone because everyone you come in contact is going to get the best version of yourself that's it was you mentioned that because uh i dealt with a situation uh last week you know in my uh, nine to five life mm-hmm. and you know I have coworkers and, you know, we're all trying to do the right thing. But there are moments when you have, you may have a situation where one may not be doing what's in best interest of everyone else. Yeah. And when that happens, the the recourse affects everybody. You know, even if we're, it's, it's kind of like, say if we're all in a gang, right? Yeah. A perfect, perfect analogy. <laughs> so like, um, look at Nipsey Hussle, for example. Yeah. And you have one person who is who takes the shot, right? Mm-hmm. And though the whole though the whole gang might be associated with you, your mistake that you make affects everybody in that place. Yeah, you know. 
And it's like, it goes to the idea of what accountability really is. You got to be accountable for yourself and to know that, yeah, though you, though you may be out here alone, you're not really alone. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's more that's on your shoulders. There's a burden that's, that's still, that's still there. You know, that's why like for me, I, I try to maintain the fact that I can't act selfishly. It's like, there's times when I may move around somewhere, I'm, I see like a brand new, like, um, like laptop laying out and I lay out and about. I'm like, whose laptop is this? Yeah, you're Come up season. Yeah. But then I realized, I'm like, if I do that, I'm taking someone's like hard earned money and who knows what they were using that laptop for. Like say someone had a, had a school project or had, um, or had some kind of thing they were working on. And my decision to be trash in that moment could possibly ruin their entire vibe. Right. You know what I mean? Current karmic debt. Exactly. And I never want to add on to that. That's why like now, even in my most like my most virulent moments, I'm just like, ah, guys want to do something, right? I realize I have to check myself because you never know what happens. Cause I feel like a lot of times we as human beings, we only see what's in front of us, like you said before. We're not taking into account of what the bigger picture is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because for example, like um, there are people that I know who says, yo, man, you see a Nazi, punch a Nazi in the face. So I'm punching these alt-right people in the face, right? As if that's going to that's gonna solve the issue. Yeah. But it's not. Because I'm going to tell you, this, this is my theory on it, and I stand on this. There, There is the idea of what chain reactions are. You punch someone in the face, right? Mm-hmm. Who would say they don't punch you back? Mm-hmm. Who would say they don't, they don't have a weapon on them? You attack them, they take your life. And was it worth it? Also, I mean, it's it's about it becomes about knowing where you are, modifying your expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a country built by Nazis. Why do you, would Nazis? Why would Nazis lose here? Why would they come out on the losing end here? You punch a Nazi, he presses charges. You go prison. How about that? Facts. How is that praxis? How is that revolutionary in any way? Like, I just, I forget where I saw this, mm-hmm. but um, I read it somewhere, who knows, but it was basically saying, like, that, like, there are certain people who are, and this is this goes towards, like, the idea of, like, ego and a, a bit and violence and mm-hmm. the idea that people are interested in, like, they're interested in the ego part of, of like, creating a new society right. and like letting their anger do the work right and mm-hmm. saying oh i this this these oppressive things that we hate that like malign us and make us feel less than we want to burn them and and you know crush them and break them down and tear them to the ground and all that shit yeah and that's fine and good like destroy and rebuild right mm-hmm. but there's no rebuild energy there's no rebuild energy. There's a difference between rebellion, which is violent, and revolution, which is about making a complete circle. Right. Rebellion is half the circle. Mm-hmm. That's the destroy. How do you rebuild? Not enough people talk about rebuilding. Again, back to cancel culture. Where where are we housing all these? Where are we housing all these exiled people? And that's that's been my point with social media, and I see people who are like, yeah. Attack this person, this that person, break this person down. But it's like, okay, you're identifying the problem, right? But how do you? But what's the solution? I think it's the problem with everything. Like we're so quick to be like, yo, let's just burn this whole shit down today, yeah. yeah because we're all, we're all traumatized. Everyone's traumatizing. Everybody's ready to kick off. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking for a reason to kick off. And yeah, I mean, again, go 
turn turn inward, man. It's a it's really about the inward turn. Um, the more that you can like, I think I don't want to you know be prescriptive, but the more I think people can take a second, look at what's going on around them, be observant, be critical. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 works wonders. Like take a deep breath and and really look at what's going on around you. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I think I was responding to something. Um, I guess it was about abortion, and I think it was what Jan- Janelle Monae said something, and not that she's out of place at all as a woman or anything, but I was just like, I think I I I didn't trust it. Can't it seems dis- disingenuous. A friend said, "Cause because really she's not even positioned correctly to do that work." So she was saying she was suggesting like that women uh, strike have a a sex strike. Oh, that was her with the yeah, idea. I believe, and that that's also the, the that's also like the plot of like some ancient Greek play. I forget, I which was redone name. again for uh, Spike Lee's uh, Chirac film. Yeah, is that Antigone? Maybe I figure might I figure might be because I keep the South South War like some soldiers I, and I should know but whatever yeah whatever the case yeah not like we're in this like soundbite era where like everybody feels that they have 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 to voice an opinion on on something and yeah cool you you're allowed to have an opinion and I'm not really trying to police what anyone says but again it's sometimes about taking a second being critical and being observant mm-hmm. like you're you, Janelle Monet, are really just a celebrity. You're you're a moneyed person that can say a thing like that and have it exist in a vacuum, and ostensibly not endorse a lot of the same stuff that other people have. She has to check her privilege, really, because she's not positioned to do that work, and mm-hmm. she doesn't have she doesn't have to bear the burden that, of the people who actually are doing that work. Right. You know, she can just say that and let it float off. And go back to like her nice life with her handlers and like press junkets and whatever else. Enough. That reminds me of like even when Kanye was about on this whole free, um, free thought thing and talking about how slavery was a choice and all this stuff. It was like you can say this. Like you may have, you may face backlash in the public, but your life financially, where you are, you're okay where you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or we, or I'll say you're better off where you are than most people are. You move in a different way than most people. Right. You have access to different things. That's what. That's all. That's all life is: is levels of access. How many doors open for you? Right. It's like me going into like a fat camp. Say, hey, yo, being fat is a choice, and I'm built like this. And I walk off like, yeah, man, whatever. Not totally not knowing if people have glandular issues or whatever yeah, it is, depression yeah. or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like we're so quick to, like you said, to kick off. Yeah. I don't know, man. And it, it, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes it's just more about being quiet, and more about like figuring out how you really feel about a thing. Well, deciding for yourself. So, I think we get told so much, and co and coerced into like feeling things or thinking things or believing things, you know. Right. And. We don't think about we don't think enough about how we actually feel, mm-hmm. what we really want. People tend to live by what they don't want. 
they 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 think about what they don't want. Yep. They think about all the things in their life that they don't want to happen, and they and they live in constant panic instead of thinking about what what is it that I most want. What would bring me the most joy? Mm-hmm. And and moving towards that, and I think that's been the, the one of the biggest changes in my life recently, is that I started thinking about like we could go for we could we could worry about what we don't want you know for for years and years we could think about all the people that would do us harm because of our skin color or our sexual orientation and I don't mean to like trivialize that or or anything because it's it's a reality but also the reality is that if we start thinking about what we do want if we start focusing on the on the world that we want to create and moving towards that that energy that energy is tremendous and that is the thing that i think that people want to distract most people from mm-hmm. is the fact that their mental capacity what they what their ability to manifest what they focus on if they want to focus on the the good things the positive things is boundless it's it's absolutely incredible and so imagine millions of people trying focusing working actively to create the world they want to see come about Instead of like running in fear from, you know, FOMO and not having the newest iPhone or whatever the fuck, you know, like who, who's got this, who's got the shoe I wanted, who got the Travis's on fucking Nike.com. Like, yeah, all that shit is fine and good, but like, let those things make life more, more fun. Make it, let those things make life richer. Don't let them be the shackles that like keep you like. You know, like I said, I like things. I like, I like, I like to look a certain way, mm-hmm. but it's because I want to have fun. It's because I want every single day of my life to be about the most joy and the most beauty that I can, I can muster. You know what? So when you say that, you remind me, so there's a song that I've been like, I think of all the time when I th- to think about the word future, right? So on the Batman soundtrack, 1989, the Tim Burton film helmed by, you know, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, right? There was a song, so the whole entire soundtrack was done by Prince. There was a song in there called Future. Yeah. And the lyric on the song is that he said, I've seen the future and it works. Yeah. So that, what you just said right there is how it works. Because look, dude, you mentioned like sexual orientation, right? Or trying to like follow like, the ideas set up by others as you think you want to be happy. People are so f- afraid of like being broke or failing and all these other crazy things that they try to live this life that they don't even like, like yeah. you said, just so they can stay above water. Yeah. You know, because like for example, I saw this argument, which is pre- it was pretty dumb in my opinion, but whatever. Um, they said that if you were, if you were into interracial dating, right? So if you're a black man or a black woman, you're into an interracial relationship that you cannot be pro-black. They were saying you can't be pro-black. Or they were saying that, yeah, um, you're not down nation building because you're this and you're that. So it's like, it's because you're dating someone who doesn't, doesn't look like you, that means you can't really have as much pride in yourself as others people, other people think that you should. Wow. Can I, can I address that? Yes, please. I'm shots off. Not really that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Again, I, the world is a hell of definitions, right? Yes, sir. So, so let's just get historical, right? Mm-hmm. So, t- 
take it back, like you mentioned Jamestown, 1619. Take it back a little further than that. Take it back to like the late 1500s where people are like conceiving and creating and uh, building the infrastructure for, for the slate to create a transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. Part of creating the infrastructure for that is doing so ideologically. So human beings are interesting, right? Right. You go to a you go to a place that you've never been before. You see people who who look basically like you. They're just outfitted differently. They're clothed differently, mm-hmm. but they're they're quite obviously human beings. They're human beings in the same way that you are. Right. They're walking. They're talking. They're breathing. They're pissing. They're shitting. They're fucking mm-hmm. right. In order to like justify, in order to like, in order to to justify to yourself and to justify to the rest of the world that these people occupy a station that is really only servile, that they're only good for manual labor, forced manual labor. You have to create that. You have to you have to build the context for that. You have to create an ideological grounding for black people that black people are more animal, that black people are uh, horny and lascivious, whatever the word is. Like, they're they're sex crazed. They're they're prone to violence. Yada, yada, yada. You have to build this story. Mm -hmm. So blackness is created as a reaction to whiteness. Not white people, but to whiteness. To whiteness needing to, like, expand and needing to, like, build new things and needing a labor force. So, like... What you find is that, like, yeah, we've we've done all these tremendous and amazing things as black people, as quote unquote black people, mm-hmm. but really, like, racial division is the result of like people trying to categorize the world, categorize, creating a caste system, and part of accepting that is accepting our 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 place in a caste system, our place in like saying, oh, right, well, we're we're black people, mm-hmm. we're black people but only in relationship to someone else, only in relationship to some, where only otherness, otherness only can exist with the norm. Mm-hmm. So like we're participating in othering ourselves sometimes. Like, right. so like to say that like black people can't do this or can't do that again, all black people don't have the same value systems. All black people don't believe the same things. Right. All white people don't believe the same things. All people don't believe the same things. Right on. But that doesn't make them different from each other. Right. There are just differences of opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like things like that. I don't even. I don't even put credence on that. That's again. That's again. People looking for opportunities to cancel other people. Right. I. I give that no credence, no value. What I'm more interested in is is the energy that you're bringing to me initially. That is what I'm most interested in, is being discerning with people's energy, with what they show me and tell me non-verbally, with what they do tell me and show me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, yeah, there is, there is obviously community to be had in us, in black people, Mm -hmm. but there's the... Again, that's again the lie of separation, the the illusion of separation. There's community to be to be had amongst all people. You are never alone. Word up. So one thing, I, um, the final thought that I probably have, right? Yeah. on my mind right now is like, so is after what we spoke about. Yeah. Is there such a thing 
as trying to secure a legacy. Because people talk about, like, um, again, I use the Apostle because I saw his, his, uh, his last video last night. And yeah. Hire his beautiful song, beautiful video. And, you know, you, you know about all the work he did in his community. Yeah. Things he worked towards. You know, he lost his life in such a senseless way. But I brought up the conversation that someone said, um, we have to stop focusing on just securing the bag, so to speak, and securing the legacy. Now, and I, I think about it now after our conversation, like how important is securing a legacy? You know what I mean? Is it important at all now? Like, because you, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like everything is just, everything fluctuates. Yeah. You know, like, I understand, like, the importance of doing the work. So yeah. it inspires others. Yeah. I don't know if, like, it's like just securing a legacy. Yeah, I don't, I, it just may be something that's uncommon or, I don't know, unorthodox, but I don't think, like, those things, a legacy, a legacy is, is um, it's a social construct. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's also, again, something that points to me towards, um, the one thing that everyone fears, which is death. And so in order to, to, to become immortal, mm-hmm. people look to become, look to be remembered. Right. right. And again, that's just an ego thing. And if we need to be in the business of killing ego, I don't think we need to worry about legacy. If that's, if that's our priority is killing ego. I, and I'm not saying whose priority is what, but I guess that's mine. So like, I'm less concerned with the because a legacy is really about how you're remembered. It's your reputation. Those things are those things don't matter. Those things at the end of the day don't matter. How how did you make people feel? Mm-hmm. Yes, that matters. How well did you treat people? How well did you treat people specifically the people that can't do anything for you? Yes, that matters. That is good energy to put out. But when you're dead, you're dead. You can't hear people talking about you after you're dead. Right. All the praise in the world doesn't matter after you're dead. Neither are like the, the jabs. I look at Michael Jackson. He's like, right. I'm going to cancel Michael Jackson. How are you going to cancel a dead yeah, man? Yeah, how are you going to cancel a dead person? We're not going to play songs anymore. I'm like, Michael Jackson doesn't care. Right. The, the shell of Michael Jackson is no longer here. I mean, right. it's, it's gone. But the essence of him, like, it's... We going to damage a legacy now, like or damage a history now. You can't because what has happened, his his musical career, yeah, has happened already. Yeah, he's not making any more music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's the thing about it. People are like, yeah, we're going to cancel Michael, but yeah. like the and a, a lot of it for me is comes down to like it's very simple. It's really, really, very simple. Mm. Human beings are afraid to die. Mm. Like terrified, deeply t- terrified. Of Mm-hmm. And the thing about death is that if the more the more frightened of it you are, yeah. the faster it chases you. Right. We know that we know that it's coming. Right. So just live. Just do the things. Right. Be present in your life. Don't be running from death. Be present in your life. So like a lot of that is just about the simple fact that like, yeah, we're gonna die. And it's really scary. It's it's really very frightening. Mm-hmm. But what are, what is our like our choices are to like separate ourselves and kill ourselves first, or to like be full 
and experience life. Right. I mean, what's the point of being afraid of death? Because we're not dead yet, and once death comes, we won't be, we won't exist. We won't have it. We won't have. There's nothing to fear anymore. And and I'm not. I'm I'm not sitting here acting like, oh yeah. That's something that like I've completely wrapped my mind around, mm-hmm. but I know that the fullest moments of my life was where have either been a when I've been so joyful and so grateful that should death come it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. that I was that it wasn't front of mind anyway, or b after I've been actually close to death. After my life has literally flashed before my eyes, I wrote. I read a, a really good book. Um, I'm really into. I'm. I'm very. So I'm. I bet I'm sure a lot of people have are familiar with True Detective, the series, and I've watched the most recent one um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, part of that is because I'm interested in in Vietnam for some reason. I think because it was. It was warfare that exposed America, exposed exposed the ways in which, again, people, particularly Westerners, don't have a value for the things that they can't see. Right. So I was reading this book, The Things They Carry. That's um, Tim O'Brien, Tim right? O'Brien. Love it's that a book, bro. Crazy book. Yes, it and is. The, so, and a, a lot of that, you know, they're telling that story about those guys. They're out on. They're out in the in uh, the quiet patrol they can't talk they can't do shit and mm-hmm. the forest is talking yes right or like the dudes the dudes when um they're doing them they're doing the night marches because uh i guess they're they i don't know but they're marching through the night um, mm-hmm. to be undetected and it's so dark that you can't you literally can't tell if your eyes are open or closed and like the bo- the one dude just goes nuts mm-hmm. he goes nuts you know like that's spiritual like the the over the tone of that book is that there was something spiritual in Vietnam that the u s was not prepared for right there was a level of warfare that they were not prepared for that's wild bro and to this day like people will like did we win Vietnam no. who knows right who the fuck knows um so yeah, and I don't, you know, again, respect to like the men and women that experienced that, that went through that, but in and by no means am I trivializing their 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 service or their their uh, what they've what they've sacrificed. But it's not really it's not about them as individuals. It's about the hubris of of this place as a whole, you know, the hubris of of the of the world that is really. Um, it's controlled by Western interests, right? So mm-hmm. as, as the as America goes, pretty much the world goes. So nobody really thinks about that shit anymore. But that doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean it won't touch you. Wow. I think the future is more of same. A lot of a lot of tremendous crumbling, and a lot of immense growth. I don't think like I don't think we ever get to this point where like we live in some utopia. Also, how does how does utopia exist? Where you need you need things, you need counterpoints. 
You right. have to you have to have some balance. You have to have a point and counterpoint polarity. You know, you have to have something that like gives things feeling. Right. Uh, a utopia where everybody gets along and there are no issues ever. To, what, how does that even work? We've always we've always been at odds as human beings. Right. Since the days of the Bible, since we've always been at odds. Well, and until I, like the future is either we figure out a way around it, we evolve mm -hmm. out of like the tribal thinking, or maybe we don't, you know, yeah. I hate to be morbid, but um, we've come up with so many ways to kill each other and technology only advances further and further. And those ways to kill each other, they aren't even, they're not all weapons in the orthodox sense even mm -hmm. you know so like what happens as, as technology advances you know we're already at this really weird deep state point of like you know the phones are fucking listening to us and shit like you know you can't get away from that you can't you can't get around that but <clears throat> what are the limits of this shit you know what are we going to turn ourselves into? I'm glad I'll be dead. <laughs> right. As much as that title of the Jim Jarmusch film, The Limit of, of Control. Limits of Control. Yeah, man. But yeah, man. We had a serious, dope-ass show today. And, wow, it's a lot more that I, I definitely want to, like, get into. But I'm going to say it for another show. Yeah, I... I, I feel like we always do this we just get rambly and long-winded and you just let me talk about all the shit yeah. that goes on in my head and probably makes people feel really strange but but it should i want on people to have that feeling you know yeah yeah i mean i i discomfort is it right now like yep discomfort makes you get up and go a little and mm. um it's hard it's hard for me because you know I'm I need my comfort zone, but also it's a good place to be in when things don't feel quite right. Right. It's a special, it's a magic place to be in because what you have to do to make them right is sometimes the lesson, right? Sometimes what you need. Well listen. After the day I had yesterday, this <laughs> it's funny how the universe works out. It works as it works. Yeah. And I never question it. Yeah, man. Wow. I want to say thank you, Nas, for coming through here, man. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. And we're going to continue this on, the, on another episode down the line. Big All thanks. right. My main man, 50 grand, with the mic in his hand. Or in this case, Mike's on the stand. So, yeah. Um, I just want to shout out some folks. Mm -hmm. um, my good people at Garden Parties FC. Um, that's that's the immediate future, advancing football culture for everyone in this city, for everyone, um, anyone who's interested in it, deserves to like have a place to watch it and know about it and enjoy it with their mates, their friends, their family, whatever. I come and watch. I have no idea what goes on in the OG football games. You know what I mean? I just need to know, like, I see they're able to get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing that, the reason that football is really important to me um, is because it's it's been a fixture in my life for a really long time, but I wasn't really aware of the ways in which that it created community. Mm -hmm. And 
um, I think that's what is so strong about the game is that it's about community and it's about uh, it's about moments. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I could I could philosophize, excuse me, about football and how it helps you to kind of be meditative in a certain way and, and focus on individual moments and individual pieces of beauty and, and stuff like that. But like, it's just a great game. And I think the culture around it, despite a lot of drawbacks, but there are drawbacks in everything, right? There, mm-hmm. there are cons to everything. Um, I think the culture around it is open and, and inviting and is it's, it's good for people. And it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sport. So anyway, yeah, shout out to Garden Parties. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Um, I just got a lot of projects coming and, and looking forward to like getting busy with my peers and with a lot of the people who inspire me in this city and, and creating stuff. I'm really, I'm really gassed on making stuff right now. So Nice. And, and so, you know, whenever you have anything you want to promote, talk about. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I, I got, got you, me, man. You know? Um, so yeah, some, some, some fun things coming from me. And a lot of fun things coming from a lot of the homies who are really, like, pushing the envelope. I'm really, like, you included. I'm really so proud to be a Philadelphian right now because the kids are fucking crushing it. And, you know, that's what it's about. Use the time you have. Mm -hmm. Infinite use, finite means. Time is finite. So let's get busy, right? Let's do it, bro. Well, maybe it's not finite. Our time is finite, though. Sort of. (laughs) Sort of. Because we're in the future right now. Yep, future is happening right now. The year 2000. And on that note, we're ending the show. Wow. That's we're how we raw, do it. Mike. Yes. Talent. We're the talent. Yes. <laughs> get, got four thumbs. Point at us. It's our thumbs. Or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's an episode of Where Is New Black Show. 56 is done. Catch you guys soon. Peace.